0: Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 62. I'm Scott Davenport. Today's topic is, why are the great photographers of the past great? Hi, welcome, thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this shared passion of ours. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. Several weeks ago, I had an exchange with Joel, a friend of the show, about Ansel Adams. We were talking about original prints that are sold through the Ansel Adams gallery and browsing through the page, there's these prints and they run thousands of dollars each, plenty of them into five figures. You scroll through the set, many of the images just stop me dead in my tracks. They captivate me, yet others... Are kind of average, and I'd say certainly average by today's standards. So, why are the prints so expensive? Well, that's pretty obvious. Marketing. The prints have Ansel Adams' name associated with them. I'll take a step back. Why does the name Ansel Adams carry that weight? What makes the great photographers we revere so great? If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with a friend, share it on social media with your camera club, and if you can, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Fresh ratings help other photographers find out about the show. Why are the photographers we label past masters, why are they so great? What makes those great photographers so great? And To me, it comes down to one word, vision. Great photographers have great vision. Let's talk about a few. I'm sure I've mentioned these names on the podcast before. Dorothea Lange, humanitarian photographer, photojournalist. Her work documenting the Great Depression, it put a face on struggle, on the struggle people were having. It put a face on hunger. She made people see hunger. Her ability to capture that raw emotion in her subjects makes her work great, and she shaped documentary photography for generations to come, I'd argue still today. How about Edward Weston? His work, it's about detail. Whether it be a nautilus shell or ripples in the sand or the curves of a bell pepper, the viewer gets lost in these images, the lines weaving through the frame, the curves folding back on themselves and creating new forms and shapes we didn't see the first time around. I'm thinking of the pepper series, and you know, pepper number thirty, one of the famous ones. It's uh, of course a bell pepper, but it also looks like a man with his back turned. You know, the muscles are tense, and he's slouched over, hidden from view. Maybe he's cowering, maybe ashamed. And this is this is a bell pepper we're talking about. Pepper fourteen looks like two bodies that are entwined in an embrace, and this is all just seen in a bell pepper, a vegetable, a simple vegetable. Back to Ansel Adams. In Adams' case, he had a singular talent to incorporate weather into landscape photos. He was kind of the first person to make weather, like a character in the photo, essential to the mood of the image. The common thread for the imagery from these past masters is their incredible vision, their ability to see something that others didn't see and perhaps a continued sustained effort on a given subject or theme. And I think therein lies the lesson that we can draw on from the past masters as we aspire to improve our own craft. Photograph what you find interesting. You see something and it triggers a little spark in your brain that says, I want to capture a photo of that. And maybe you're not sure why. I have to imagine if Edward Weston sat someone down and said, hey, I'm going to photograph these bell peppers, you want to join me? He would have gotten some strange looks, and you know, heck, maybe he did. But he saw something in the mundane, the ordinary, and showed it to the world in a different light. I like the way Gregory Heisler puts it best, shoot what you can't help but shoot. As I wrote the notes for the podcast, I scrolled through that set of photos from the Ansel Adams gallery again, and the images have changed since the last time I looked. I guess some of the prints have sold. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check out the page for yourself. But something that strikes me is if you didn't know the images were made by Ansel Adams, many of them you'd just whip right on by. Why? Well, maybe they're not unique anymore. We've already seen images like that. Uh, Some of them are just basic. They're they're plain. They're uh, a photo of a thing or a building, uh, nothing extraordinary about them in and of themselves. But then again, there was something interesting enough about the building that Adams took the photo. And over time, what emerges is a set of work that is captivating, that does kindle something in other people. But also, I found myself thinking, hmm, that photo's not so sharp, or those highlights are blown, or this contrast is a little off, or, you know, it's a flat image. And I wasn't paying attention to the content as much. I was thinking technically. So I wonder, is that just me? Is it just that for those of us that pursue photography, we do this kind of thing we dissect a photo we think about it as a photographer how would i have captured that scene or that subject what would i have done in post to craft and tweak and change the image and we're not looking at it as a viewer as an appreciator of art have we shifted from a world of having vision seeing something captivating in the content of the photo in the subject that's there toward the technical How many megapixels? How sharp is it? How many frames per second can I get out of my camera body? How low can the light be before I can't make an image? I don't know, maybe. In the modern world we live in, we're surrounded by feeds and speeds. And looking back to the past masters, it's a good reminder that compelling, captivating images can be created with cameras that are far inferior technically to what we have but the person operating that camera was far more visionary than at least me where I am on my photo journey. Thanks as always to supporters of the show, Patreon members, You keep the podcast on the air. You're the reason I get back in front of the microphone week in and week out. I truly appreciate your support. I do hope you are enjoying the content, both here in the podcast as well as in the Patreon community. Thanks also to those of you that made donations this past week through the support the show button. Can't tell you enough. very much appreciate it. you already heard this from me through, uh, through our exchanges through email, but thank you again. It's, it's so meaningful. It really just tells me that you're enjoying the content and uh, we're connecting. We're connecting as photographers. And also there are many zero-cost ways that you can support the show. Simply telling one of your photographer friends about the podcast is all you got to do. So please share the show with someone else that is in your photographic circle this week can't tell you enough how much that means. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you've got questions or a topic you'd like to hear about on the podcast, please reach out through the contact form on stopdownpodcast.com. Messages come directly to me. There's no robots involved. And I do actually respond. People are often surprised when I, they get a message back. It's like, you know, like, wow, I didn't expect to get a response. Yes, I, I do actually respond to the email. So it doesn't just go into the ether. I enjoy the interactions and sharing and exchanging thoughts and ideas about photography. That's why we're here. We're all here to help each other improve and grow as we continue our journey of photography. And until next time, my name Scott Davenport. Have fun. We'll oh, oh,